0: Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Playing Catch Up. Uh, this week we've got an interview with Simon Joslin. He's the co-founder of Melbourne-based indie developer The Voxel Agents and executive producer of The Gardens Between, which is a game that came out a couple of weeks ago on PS4, Switch and Steam, a really unique game that um, that I played through recently. I'm going to be talking to Paul about my experience with the game in depth on a future episode, but um, it suffice to say I thought it was really special huge huge thanks to Simon for giving up his time to speak to me. Uh, the conversation you're about to hear took place a week after the game was released and Simon was really open and honest about the process of making a game like this. So I'm, I'm really excited for you to hear it. If you want to get in touch with the show it's always great to hear from the listeners. Um, you can find us on Twitter it's at catchuppod with two p's or you can send us an email at hello at playandcatchup.co.uk. Enjoy the show! So we're talking a week after the release of the gardens between how has the experience been for you these past seven days
1: it's been pretty wild uh we certainly didn't expect this kind of response we've received yeah it's hard to picture it uh we've had 18 international award nominations and so many wonderful reviews and people really responding to a lot of the subtle details about the story and the world and the, the, i guess the meaning behind the game and what we're in Hoping and intending people would get out of it. Yeah, just having that come back to us is really amazing. Like there were so many conversations in the team about is it strong enough, is it obvious enough? You know, there's a lot of hope, <laughs> a lot of faith in the I guess the design, and you just don't know because uh, even when you're playtesting with people locally, it's so hard to find people who know nothing about it. You know, in our local game dev scene, everyone's heard of it and, and a lot of people who are interested or willing to come and play tests that don't work on games have often in some way heard of it. I mean otherwise how do you access them, right? It's it's difficult. But um yeah, it's uh it's been really, really good. As you say, there've been some really
0: glowing reviews, both from kind of professional outlets but also users on on platforms like Steam. That must be a, a really amazing feeling to know that the game's really connected with people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been four and a half years of work and uh there were difficult times, you know. There were a lot of difficult times as a team to try and uh pull this together in the early days not knowing what we were building. Um the ver- the further you venture from like a sort of known quantity, like the a uh, known genre or an existing sort of game idea, the harder it is, I think, to figure out what exactly you're building, what is fun about it, yeah. why you're building this thing. And so, you know, there was a lot of that. Uh, There's certainly a huge amount of iteration, uh, just starting the game from scratch. I guess, to be honest, okay. um, ditching everything we built and starting again, and then, you know, later in the project, like, is is <laughs> so we've come this far, we've we've iterated on it like ten times, um, is it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> you no, know? so... it's tricky. Yeah. So
0: I mean what what would bring you to a point like that when when do you know it's the right time to as you say kind of go back to the start and and, and reiterate is that a difficult a difficult to, a point you know to pinpoint
1: for sure it definitely is and and the times when we've started again we've never taken it that far, except yeah. for maybe the one or last two times that we sort of started again. Yeah. Um, most of the time they're prototypes and they're early explorations of a particular idea. Sure. Maybe you only end up with about a 10 or 15 minute game Yeah. that's like testing out one singular concept. Uh, and often we would decide to ditch it and give up on that or start again in a new way because we couldn't see a really strong pathway towards a f- complete game that could last for many hours and Mm -hmm. satisfy a player with unique and interesting ideas for long enough so a good example is one of the early ideas this is like 2011 or 2012 or something um it was basically an animated where's wally so or where's waldo i think it's called overseas yeah yeah um where you've got all these like little shapes and stuff everywhere and little people and it's a like complicated scene that you're looking at and lots of Um, different events happening. But in our version, it was animated. So there's like a 30-second clip of all these different characters and events happening. And you're trying to follow the little individual storylines of different characters and different events that are occurring. And by following them, they lead you to uh, stars. So if you follow the boat, at some point along its timeline, the boat would line up with another shape that happened to fill out a star. So the sail of the boat would be like a triangle that aligns with another triangle isolated differently and the two would overlap into a star but yeah. you had to sort of like follow them through their journey to see them and it's like yeah really cool we put that in front of people it's like yeah this is so interesting I've never played a game like this before but then trying to figure out how to develop that further, how to take that into like a multiple hour game yes. we couldn't do it we just couldn't see the depth necessary you know and then in the end you look at the final game those prototypes do exist in some format in the final version. I think there's one garden in particular. It's kind of like a uh, magician's cup trick. Yes. Where they put a ball inside a cup and you juggle them around and you shift them around the table. And it's like, which which cup has the ball? There's a garden that has that basic concept. And Mm. it is heavily or basically fully inspired by that original prototype. I see. So, yeah, they still live on. Yeah. (laughs) What, what was the inspiration
0: for the game in the in the first place because i mean you you guys had a really strong track record in in mobile games with the the train conductor series and puzzle retreat. what what made you kind of step away from that for this game and, and and produce something a bit different
1: yeah good question um look it wasn't super intentional i would go back to the comment about iteration mm. we started. With a very early idea, which is basically the Where's Waldo concept and a few other similar related ideas about time moving backwards and forwards. And that is spawned from the question, what happens if you take the senior minority report where Tom Cruise is moving backwards and forwards through memories? Yeah. Uh, and you turn that into a game. And then that turned spawned a whole series of prototypes out of it. And, uh, some of them were the Where's Waldo thing and then, you know, other the sort of like ones that are some something similar to like a braid meets lemmings and sure one was yeah anyway different different things um yeah it began there and then that's 2011 i think we started and we realized the project was just way too big the scope was huge because to make 30 seconds of animated content and to have it interesting and dynamic and unique and have all these threaded stories in the one scene you know like it's really expensive stuff to make and it was just well beyond what we could handle. Uh, so we said, we can't do this. It'll, it's cool, but we're not going to do it. And it wasn't until 2014 and, that we had the resources and the capability to take it on. And that's when we started exploring it further. And we've had a full-time team on it, working on it since 2014. Uh, that's when we picked it back up. And really, it, as I was saying about iteration, it's really the focus on the, the cool factor that matters to us not which platform are we going to be on, what Hmm. business model will it be. More just like following the thread, right, until you get to the logical conclusion about where that thread best follows. And um, as we were developing it, we could see that this is really lush and full of detail. It's really beautiful to sit down with and sink into, take your time with, have it on a big screen, especially. So like couch playing and like big screen monitors for computers are a perfect fit for that kind of experience. And also just the willingness to, like, take more time with it, I think is really appropriate on desktop and console platforms. And so it kind of evolved into that. I don't think we really said we knew what platform it would be at the start, but that's, yeah, a natural conclusion for it.
0: And this, I mean, this feels like an intensely kind of personal story in the game. It touches on childhood memory, childhood memory sorry, friendships. It really affected me emotionally of playing through it i felt a real personal connection uh, was was that the intention mm. to get people feeling nostalgic
1: absolutely um there were team members who suffered some experiences of loss during the development yeah. and that partly inspired the story
0: mm.
1: and it does have many personal anecdotes or personal experiences woven into it and i think that it's difficult to make a game the story when you don't draw from your own experiences. At least that's how we see it. It would be difficult for us to um, make it genuine and authentic without that personal touch and that's partly why the game includes so many 80s to 90s references to the point (laughs) where I'd imagine that children these days don't even know what a VHS is. (laughs) Do they get it? I'm not sure that they do. (laughs) But it's a genuine thing, right? And that's, that's an experience that we lived and wanted to share and it just makes it so much more, I guess, Holistic or like cohesive when, when you are drawing from that natural well of ideas and and experiences. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. And
0: uh, I mean, for for a game that has no dialogue, it really tells its story in in a poignant way. Was that decision to keep dialogue out of the game is that something that was made early on?
1: Yeah, uh, we like to think that having no dialogue, having no text or speech, having no direct exposition in the game at all leaves more negative space for the player to insert themselves. Yes. Cause you can read and interpret the environment and notice the details and then apply that in your own way. And I think a lot of people experience a different kind of storyline slightly, mm. um, and, and apply their own experiences to it, which it makes it so much more meaningful and purposeful. I think Absolutely, yeah. when you can uh, attach it back to a real experience that you've had. So that was very important to us. Um, and, as well, just noticing that the mechanic of moving backwards and forwards in through a scene, which all of the prototypes basically shared, it was obvious that really we were telling a story through the environment. Mm. it was about the details in the world it was about what's happening in the world, and it's not about so much about a single character but what's it's it's about their whole scene and it's about the context they're in and what's going on and the the concept of a memory world or like a dream like space where you're wandering through your memories is just like a really perfect fit for having rich, meaningful objects that relate to the characters and can convey a, a depth of meaning. Mm. And
0: I mean, you touched on it before. You know, obviously, for people who haven't played the game yet, you're you're controlling time rather than the characters directly. What was the the thinking that went went behind that decision?
1: Yeah good question um the the idea about controlling the scene or controlling time i suppose comes right back to that early moment if you look at minority report as a concept it's it's sort of like you can trace that thread all the way through all the iterations they all shared this concept of a large scene with things moving around rather than directly controlling the characters and i think perhaps that's what was really fascinating to us because you know we're building this game at a time when braid had been out already for i don't know six years or something that had been done you know the ability to play a platformer and control an individual character and then reverse time that wasn't at all i don't i don't think it was the direct inspiration at all but we always knew that that was there and it was a comparison point and something that i think we said when we had this idea oh that feels different it's not braid it's you're controlling the whole scene, and yeah. it's the what happens in the scene that's important, and that's where how the game really stands out and has, interestingly, been through all these iterations like being a common thread that always applied to every single idea we explored right. and always made sense. So it was like a natural fit that just felt good, and I think something that is inherently kind of interesting, like watching people play our rough as guts prototypes from many <laughs> years ago, we've done that. We've had, like, an art gallery showing where we had, like, six different versions of the game, all completely different. Like, every game had to be trained differently. You'd have to explain to the player how it worked, because they're all completely different. But they all had that time backwards and forwards thing, and people would play through every single one of them. They'd play through each and then pick up the next version, pick up the next version, and just watching them use it, you could see that there's something really fascinating about being able to control time, being able to... Watch the cause and effect of something, and then reverse it. And, you know, in some versions of the game, you could change it and in some versions you couldn't. And it, but it was always quite interesting just experimenting with that. You know, in our day to day lives, we have no experience with controlling time. It's mm. to the point where we don't even imagine, you can't even really imagine it. There's no parallel. Time is, is an immovable concept. I guess it's, it's permanent in the way it moves forward.
0: What I really like about my playthrough of the game is, obviously, the control scheme is the same throughout, uh, but every time you feel like, well, okay, I've I've played a certain level, I don't really know how, how things can change up that much going forward, and at several different points, I had i was thinking i'm loving this but i hope it doesn't get too samey it never does there are (laughs) real interesting uses of that mechanic throughout and it's so focused was that a a kind of real kind of concern as as you were developing that you want to make sure things are fresh with each of the each of the gardens
1: yeah i think that applies kind of to our studio ethos or our philosophy in general you know we're not really interested in making long uh you know drawn out experiences like we really if you look at all of our games i think they always focus on a really tight centralized focused experience and don't really have filler and it's just something that i think that is interesting to us and also it's kind of respectful at least from my point of view and the kind of games i like to play it's very subjective but i just feel it's respectful to the player to not waste their time in any way yeah and i think my favourite games can can carry that. It's difficult, obviously, and explains the four and a half years. But yeah, yeah, um, so. yeah I think it definitely was a, a important um, goal for us. And to be honest, like a nightmare to put together. I don't. <laughs> I would never make this game again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's too hard. It's yeah. such a difficult game to make because it's like effectively a one dimensional timeline, right? Yeah. Like you move left and right through time, and you encounter different objects or uh, situations along that timeline and effectively solving the puzzles is figuring out which order to press or interact with which object Yeah, and you can move back, backwards and forwards and it's about the order that you do them effectively. There's so limited possibilities in that space yeah. that to come up with really awesome ideas that also communicate the story and line with the story experience that the characters are going through, the, the story arc is just like perfect recipe for bashing your head against a wall a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah my wife teases me constantly about the face that i have the consummation face and kind of sort of design a puzzle right uh yes yes yeah, i get teased a lot about that <laughs> <laughs> it's in- interesting what
0: you're saying there about not wanting to waste the player's time and and you know that's the kind of ethos of the studio it, you must also kind of have been aware That there is a subset of uh, game enthusiasts who see game length as some kind of major measure of, um, you know, a a game's worth, uh, you know, value for money and all of that. It's not something I personally kind of understand why people get hung up on that, but some some people certainly Mm do. As you say, you know, it sounds like there was never a temptation to kind of pad the game out for for length's sake. But was that a concern at any point?
1: Look, I think it's a tricky one that we kind of knew we were walking into a trap. Yeah. And we knew we would upset some people, uh, but as soon as you attempt to please everyone, you kind of are not meaningful to any individual. Like you don't can't remember the quote, but you can't um you can't have the impact on the individual when you just blend and try and meet everyone's yeah. desires. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah it it's not something that I agree with I feel like I have lots of other things I'd like to do with my life rather than <laughs> be trying to draw the last scarx of fun out of a 70 hour game yeah like that's fantastic like Zelda breath of the wild did entertain me for 80 100 hours yeah but often I find the longer games don't maintain the same level of pacing and fun yeah. and I feel like I'm dragging my feet and I'm not interested in making that and I just I think there's so many fantastic games I've played that kept it short, kept it sweet, right to the point. And they just, they're so much more memorable for me often when they really are concise like that. Um, But yeah, look, we talked about it at the end of the day, you just can't please everyone. And we knew we had something really special and important in the time that we told it in, and it wasn't going to make it better. It was just going to please more people. Yeah. Or Maybe not please more people. It was going to please a different kind that we weren't catering to. Sure,
0: sure, I'm with you.
1: And yeah, like how far do you have to go? It's like an impossible equation, right? Of course. Like is four hours enough? (laughs) No. So is is six hours enough? Probably not. Is eight? So then, like, at that point, you've doubled the length of your game with filler.
0: Yeah. Well, and and it's counterintuitive, surely, because as I was saying. At no point for me, as I was playing through, did I feel like something was being repeated or, as you say, padded out mm. or filler. And surely would have gone against the whole, whole ethos of the game.
1: Yeah. I There was this one review, which I won't name the author, <laughs> but they said basically, like, the team is obviously so creative. How could they be so lazy as to not make more of it? <laughs> it's like actually logically kind of like doesn't make sense. Yeah, uh, Like we, yeah. It was extremely difficult to make. It was the hardest game I've ever made by far. Yeah. Uh, not only for the one-dimensional problem, but the fact that you, to pull this game off, we had to have the entire team extremely capable, extremely well-versed across all the aspects of the game. And we had to work on top of each other all the time. And, we, and it's not modular. So you yeah. can't just like, I build my animation and you build your level. And then we bang them together at the end and the code <laughs> figures it all out. It's like, You had to. We literally had to do the each level in passes. So I would, you know, put together the basics, the skeleton of the puzzle, and hand it over to the artist who would do a pass. And then I would come back to me, I'd do a pass, and go to the animator, and they'd do a pass. And often you'd be undoing and working on top of each other's work in the in and often like taking some of their work out or changing it um, or making it pointless or whatever. And it's like you kind of had to accept that that's just the make game we were making. And so, uh, it yeah, it it was a really challenging one to sort of work on as a team as well.
0: And the um, I was going to say about the the sound design and the and the soundtrack of the game is is a real integral part of it. Was that something early on you felt you really had to nail to to kind of um, bring everything together?
1: Yeah, so in the early days. Um, Henrik Peterson the game director of this game'm I'm, I'm not in charge of this game sure um, he came on and he realized that the art and the animation were going to be super important and mm. so wanted to get really talented artists in and he did he brought on John Swanson he also realized the story was really important and brought in Brooke mags the narrative designer yeah and also realized the sound would also be super important and so he brought in Tim shields the uh, local Melbourne artist who has He's in charge of all the music, didn't necessarily do every single piece of it. He had brought on a lot of collaborators yeah. during the process. But yeah, definitely that was super important. Those All those aspects have to unify and come together into a cohesive whole. And that was his insight, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. And you, just going back to something you mentioned before, you were talking about Braid and how it wasn't... a. a it was obviously something you guys were aware of. It wasn't a direct inspiration for the game. W- were there any games that were in your minds when you were developing it as, as kind of touch points?
1: Yeah, for sure. Journey, yeah. I think, is yeah. is there because of this, the atmospheric, beautiful environments. The The fact that just being in those spaces was quite pleasant and enjoyable in itself, and we wanted to parallel that kind of experience, especially because you're going to be in a garden sometimes up to half an hour if you're taking a while to solve a puzzle and effectively it's only like 45 seconds of animation right like the actual timeline of the characters moving from the start to the end of the garden could be as little as like 45 seconds of walking and events happening so we really wanted to make sure those spaces are beautiful really pleasant really lovely to be in and all the art and the sound make that experience worthwhile so that half an hour doesn't feel like half an hour it feels like you've only been there for a few minutes um Sorry, I forgot what your question was.
0: <laughs> uh, it was just about what, if there were any games that were
1: kind of um, oh,
0: yes. in your mind games. specifically.
1: Yeah. My, uh, apologies. <laughs> so, yeah, Journey uh, for sure is one. Uh, basically, all the Samogo games Yes. Um, is like Year Walk and, uh, well, I can't remember the names right now, but uh, we yeah. looked at all of their games a lot as reference points for sure. And oh, I have to get have to go back to my notes but yeah there were definitely quite a few braid is in there i, I wouldn't say it's not an inspiration just not um it's not like we played played braid and went oh we should do it like this yeah i think it's yeah. more once we're in development it's a reference point and a significant one for sure
0: so now the game's out there and as you say you know what four and a half years of development what i take it's some rest for you next are you know you thinking about new projects or is it just kind of downtime
1: Yeah, we're taking it a lot easier, for sure. Um, So Matt and I, as the founders of the studio, are sort of taking on a bit of a new model, or it's kind of a thing we've been playing out for about four years, like working towards, which is that we want to move towards more of a a film production model, whereby we figure out the project, take it it through the sort of pre-production phases and understanding what it is you're trying to build. Because... We always create something completely new and, you know, different. We like to innovate and, in a way, hurt ourselves with bashing our head against the walls trying to figure things out. Uh, it's just what motivates us. But um, you know, that takes time, and, and we don't want to be pressured during that phase with like a big team and having to try and keep everyone busy. That's just a recipe for stress when you're trying to run the studio, but also solve creatively what it is you're trying to build. Mm. So we want to move to this film production model where. Um, we bring people on once we understand the project better and then we can employ the very specific people who naturally fit and complement and can take that vision way further yeah um so that's sort of what we're thinking in terms of the studio level stuff and yeah. yeah there's definitely ideas that we've chatted about and things we're really interested in i could see us continuing to make mobile games i could see us continuing to make console and desktop i don't really see too much difference on a technical or creative level it's more scope and scale and perhaps size of production Mm. but some of our ideas are more appropriate to some and more appropriate for others um i I have an idea for a a project that would be completely new and strange for us which is to make a game that supports or or enhances the streaming viewer relationship where the two work together oh interesting relationship which I think could be really fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but I don't actually watch much streams. I've only started watching them with this game, this launch, and like getting involved with a few streamers. And so it's a <laughs> bit of a new world to me. But I think that could be really fun, and just like a dynamic that I suppose hasn't really been played with before. That could be interesting to toy around with. Yeah. Um, and then like we really enjoyed working on Train Conductor as well. And I think there's other games in that sort of vein that could be that could come from us in the future. Yeah. I don't imagine we'll be likely to make another very emotionally heavy, as artistically driven title mm. as this. Um, that was really something that was led by Henrik and John and Brooke in the early days um, sure. as they began to explore this, like, time manipulation concept that was really things that were important to them. And they led that, you know, that they're responsible for the all the brilliant things in the game i sort of came on a lot later and helped out with the level design and and i was overseeing it maybe from the start but um yeah i think we would matt and i are a little bit more mechanically interested focused. so you can see the 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 manifestation of that i suppose in train conductor which is has very little to no story it's much more about what what you do and how you do it
0: yeah
1: and exploiting the system i guess yeah it's
0: interesting, you were talking there about watching uh, streamers play your game. How is that? Is that a, quite a surreal experience?
1: It is. I, is this embarrassing? I don't think it is. <laughs> I, I think it's great. I watched it with my parents.
0: Oh, amazing. Uh,
1: I, watched, I watched a particular streamer. I think Rory plays, I think it's her name. Rory yeah. is her name. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she was playing near the end of the game when we, when we tuned in. And I'm currently traveling with my parents to see my grandma. Yeah. And, um, and so we, we sat down and we watched the end of the stream. And it was kind of eye-opening for them, because I'm not sure they'll ever play it. Or if they do, I think they'll struggle a lot. But <laughs> to be able to watch somebody else's genuine experiences yeah. going through it and talking out, out loud what they're feeling, and, you know, it has quite an emotional ending. And, yes. and th- I think that really wrapped us up. And Rory does a great job of re- drawing you in and being quite entertaining. And at the end of the stream, like, seeing that ending and sharing it with my parents is really special, and, you know, we were all in tears, oh, as was Rory, Yeah. as we finished the episode, you know. It's just, it, yeah, I won't mention, obviously, what it's about, but, no, no. you know, it had some impact, and I think it helps you reflect on experiences you've had, and makes you, um, yeah, sort of brings up a few things, I guess.
0: Absolutely. I think, as I said, you know, I, I was emotional... Throughout playing, but certainly the ending. And again, I I won't obviously mention mention the the specific reasons, but um, but yeah, it really really hit home for me. I think it's a real, real triumph in that respect.
1: Mm. Thank you, thank you. Well, yeah, that really goes out to John and Josh and Brooke and Henrik. I think that compliment. That's definitely their work, and they've done a fantastic job sure. with. Yeah.
0: So now that you are kind of on, on downtime and visiting family and, and stuff, what are there any games that you haven't been able to get to while you've been developing the gardens between the, that you're particularly looking forward to getting to?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just let me load up my uh, steam list. <laughs> like like the podcast, right? Like the list of shame.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I think we can all relate to that. Um, <laughs> my switch is loaded up with a bunch of titles that I'm really excited to play and looking forward to. Yeah. I was just pulling into, just got started with um, Hollow Knight. Oh yeah. And, yeah. uh, um, I just began, well, I just loaded up Crypt of the Necrodancer, which I'm looking oh, forward okay, to. Oh, okay, yeah, yep. And um, I played a fair bit of Bad North, but it didn't maintain the momentum for me. Okay. Um, I did really enjoy it at first, but it's not to denigrate it. It's a yeah. very cool idea. Um, and yeah, Stay is another game that I just downloaded. that I'm looking
0: Oh, forward to yeah, playing. I played a bit sort of that. Of a bunch there yeah yeah game. it's an interesting game that
1: yeah what do you think yeah
0: I've, yeah I've i've only played a, a, a little bit but it's definitely compelling that the whole idea of you know you the time you're away from from the keyboard is is seen yeah. in real time yeah it's it's quite a fascinating right. concept whole,
1: yeah i remember reading that and going yep bye <laughs> i was like yep cool that's new i had not yeah. thought about a game like that that's awesome I'm gonna play that <laughs> Yeah, I totally forgot what it was about <laughs> until you mentioned it. I just, you know, insta-buy, you yeah. think
0: about it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I, I do not look at my Steam list. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, no, yeah, don't know. That, that's, that, as you say, it's the reason I decided to do this podcast to try and force myself to get through some of these games that are just, mm. just hanging around. But, um, thank you so much for, for, for checking to me. And, um, hopefully when you are ready to speak about the next program if you uh, next project sorry if you if you be up for for having another chat that would be fantastic
1: yeah sure thing excellent thank excellent. you so much nice chatting with you